Welcome to C3 Church The Bukit. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full, and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. This week, I want to talk about standing, not taking steps. Because there comes times in yours and my life where we've done all we can do, and we've got nothing else to do. And so we simply need to stand and hold our ground. And so I, uh, I want to start this tonight with a scripture I, I referred to this morning, but didn't actually start the message with, in James 1, 2 to 4. And it says, My brethren or sisters, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So, so either this guy really understands something deeper than most of us would comprehend, or as he's just a sadist, he's saying, get happy when you're having a really bad time. But he, he says, you can do this. You can rejoice even when... You can smile when things are really bad. You, you can actually go, this is good for me. You can actually get into a frame of mind where you're smiling in, in your head about the terribly painful situation, the terribly traumatic situation that you're in and the bad news you've got, the difficult situation. He says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now check this out, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's, that's a pretty big verse, right? That's like huge, lacking nothing. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So let's wind it back and see how we can be in that place because I'm not sure anybody in this room could say, that's me. You just talked about me. Most of us say, I don't know if I could claim that I'm there yet. So let's wind it back and see what's happening. It says, patience is going to take you there. Wow. So what's patience? Patience is developed out of what? The testing of your faith. Okay, so there's going to come times when your faith is tested. And I'm going to take you through another passage shortly which is talking about standing, about holding your ground when you're under pressure, rather than backing off or stepping sideways, standing. So if you can hold while you're under pressure, when your faith is being tested, you're gonna find that you develop patience. The other word for patience is capacity. Your ability to cope. So when most people feel pressure coming on them, they implode on the inside. Feeling depressed, anxiety spins their head around. They just melt within. That's that's a lot of us. That happens. Others explode. They don't implode. They They yell, scream, throw a tantrum. Can't take it when there's this pressure on their faith. Accusing God, He didn't answer their prayer, or else on the inside, feeling unworthy. And this, these times, James says, get happy. This is good. And you're like, man, I don't know if you understand what is good. James went through some of the worst persecutions in the history of Christianity. He says, it's good for you. Get happy knowing that your rough times are going to produce more inside of you than your happy times. You want a comfortable life, but God wants a transformed life. 
And God is more interested in your eternal destiny than in your temporal comfort right here. So He's going to allow tests to come in your world that actually stretch your faith. But when your faith is stretched, you develop capacity. And you've got this huge destiny out in front of you, which is an 18-wheeler Mack truck, but inside of you, you've got a little Corolla motor. Some of you got a sewing machine in there. And you think you're going to pull this big destiny that God's, you go, oh, I got this dream, I got this dream. The first bit of pressure is going to squash you like a bug. And so you will go through tests that are simulations of what's coming up ahead. Because you will say to yourself, why am I going through such a big test when I'm only, I'm not that significant. Why would I be going through such a terrible time when, when, when it, this, I'm not changing the world, but maybe you are in the future. And for you to survive there, you need to know that what you're developing, the muscles you're developing now, you may think this is beyond my, my responsibility. This, this, this trial is above my pay grade, baby. I, I, I should only be having little trials, not one like this. But that's to get you ready for what's out in your future. And I, let me tell you this, that trial is a, is a compliment from God. It's Him shaking your hand. He's saying, congratulations. And you say, well, what are you congratulating me for? Because... I, I, I've read your spirit. I know the strength of commitment in there and you can take this. When you look at a person who's having no trial, God says, ooh, don't touch them. They'll just pop out of the kingdom with the first bit of pressure. But when you're, when you're facing difficult, challenging times, it's because you can cope with it. You've got, you've got what it takes. And so as you travel through that time, the test on your faith is strong and you'll find yourself questioning God tempted to become a cynic, you're, you're disappointed in people, you're discouraged about yourself, all kinds of things. These are tests on your faith. And the idea is to stand. You might, you might feel like, I just want to run away. I don't want to go back to that church. I don't want to be a Christian anymore. I, man, this is just too much. Stand. You're going to get through this. Hold your ground. Because you're involved in a warfare that is designed to destroy you. And the devil wants you to run because then when you're running, you got no armor for your back and you'll find yourself defeated. However, face the enemy and resist the enemy. And we're gonna go through that in this passage in Ephesians 6 verse 10 to 17. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Ephesians 6, 10. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Put on the full armor of God so that when the evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to... Okay, twice we've said stand here, verse 11, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And then verse 13, that you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand... Then verse 14, what's it say there? Four times in this passage, talking about warfare. This is totally about warfare. It is not saying run into the battle, take on the enemy, take on everything that's coming. It just says, adopt the defensive position and hold your ground. Put on the whole armor of God and stand you're gonna find that you've got shock absorbers in that armor. No matter how traumatic the experience is, 
it's going to be absorbed by Jesus Christ. He's your great shock absorber. He can take it. You got a shield of faith there. As long as you got that up, it's going to quench every fiery dart from the enemy. And he'll fire them, fire them, fire them, fire them. And you will find that the, those, those arrows of the enemy are often very plausible. They got an element of truth in them. And if you open up to that, it's going to create all sorts of discouragements and con condemnations on the inside of you. But let me tell you that when you stand against the schemes of the devil, just holding your ground, you're going to find you're able to quench the fiery darts. All the fire, all the animosity, all the angst will be actually quenched, extinguished. All right, so then verse 14, stand with the belt of truth buckled about your waist, breastplate of righteousness in place, your feet fitted with gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil, and take the helmet of, the, and the, of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Okay, this, this is about warfare. Now, that first verse that we read is about, the it, James says, when you encounter various trials. Okay, so there's not just one. There's a smorgasbord. It's like 25 different kinds of trials you can have. I've listed 10 anyway. I'm not going to give them all to you tonight. It's a bit depressing going through the whole lot. But I'm going to give you at least four. Because you are going to find following Jesus is going to invite trouble into your world. If you didn't want trouble, don't be a Christian. There's plenty of other religions you could choose from. But this is the one that'll get you saved. It'll give you eternal life. And where you're going to meet God Himself and begin to walk with Jesus Christ, the risen Son of God. Okay, so, but because He is Christ, He is truth. The whole spirit of this world is opposed to Him. There's a spirit called Antichrist. And people don't even know why they oppose Jesus. I mean, I, I, I can't remember when I heard a, a carpenter who's building something and hits his thumb and goes, oh, Buddha. <laughs> right? Out on the golf course. There's a lot of believers out there. I hear them praying all the time. You know, whoa, Jesus. I mean, it's hard to watch a movie or see anything on TV without some blasphemy. You know, it's always Jesus. Why? Why not some other of the prophets? Because His name is powerful. His name brings down darkness. His name defeats evil. And we're not involved in, a, in a just a, a, a little rose-petaled runway to heaven. This is, this is paved with blood, people. Millions of people have died for Christ and still are. And people who haven't died are, are pushing against forces that are pushing back to try and stop it happening. Because we have an enemy, and Paul is saying that right here. And so we're going to find ourselves in various trials. If you fight, you're going to win the fight. 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. And if you are prepared tonight to say, oh, okay, I'm just going to get up and, and get into the battle again. Because there are days, look, i got to tell you, being a Christian is tough enough, try being a pastor. Try pastoring pastors. 
try pastoring a church, like try leading movements, try preaching in all kinds of circumstances. Put, put your head on TV and start preaching. You're a, you're a walking target all the time, such an easy target to take shots at, to, to be critical of, to find fault with, all kinds of things, and, and to be cynical about. It's just like, it, but the advancement of the kingdom is not gonna happen unless we actually step up to the plate and say, I'm ready for the job, Jesus. I'm gonna be a soldier of Jesus Christ. But, but then in the early days, when I started doing all these things, Bible colleges and starting churches and all this, the battles were unbelievable. If I begin to tell you some of the terrible, terrible battles, well, of pe- what people did, of what uh, pastors falling over, of, of whole churches closing down, of the attacks on the front page of the newspaper right now, being on the six o'clock news. I mean, at one stage I had five things going on in my life that I thought were gonna bury us. Any one of them could bury the church. But I found the church is made of the most tough material. It can survive just about anything. And, uh, and so it gave me great faith to see the church keep pounding on and growing through it all. I thought, this is unbelievable. I was falling apart, but the church was powerful. And, and, I, and so I, I sat down with a friend of mine he was like my closest friend. And I, I started telling him what was going on. I said, look, I got this thing. I was on this Ray Martin show. They were haranguing me. And, uh, and then I got this thing. This is a deal here out of Parramatta. Then I've got another thing over here. And I st- I'm not a crier, but I started weeping. I thought, this isn't good. I'm falling to bits, you know. I'm, this, is this what you call a breakdown? I, I, I thought, am I having a breakdown right now? And I was, because I, I took him out for lunch. I needed to talk to somebody. I'm talking, oh God, I don't know if I'm going to make it, you know. And uh, I'm, I'm talking like this. And his body language was wrong. He's like, sort of folding his arms. And uh, I thought, this isn't going like it's meant to. He's meant to be sort of like, oh, you poor guy right now. And uh, <laughs> I'm not, not feeling that. And uh, so... When I was done, he said, you finished? I said, yeah. He said, yeah, well, I got a few things to say to you myself. I thought, mate, I thought you were my friend. And right there, one of, one of my most soul-destroying moments happened right there. You remember in Braveheart? Remember Braveheart when he lifts the mask of, no, you don't, you've never seen it, all right. <laughs> it was before you were born. There was a movie called Braveheart. He lifts the isn't that a heartbreaking moment? It's the guy he was trusted. He thought it was his king. He was prepared to die for. And, and there are going to be moments like that. And you can get all cynical about other Christians and people who are meant to be better than they are. But listen to me. Humanity is going to disappoint you. I've never found Jesus disappoint me, however. I have put my trust in the Son of God and I've never found Him to disappoint me. I've got a little wiser, but I found that I'm not really gonna put my heart in anybody else's hands except Jesus in heaven. Not that I'm cynical about humans. I love people, love being with people, love those guys, love anybody who's, who's done all that. You gotta get bigger than the people who persecuted you. You gotta get bigger than the people who've wounded you. Gotta be, get bigger than the people who've disappointed you. That's the test. That's the test of faith. When am I gonna retreat and go back into a, just a bitter old grumpy old man? Or am I gonna, well, 
you know, I, I couldn't be a grumpy old man because I'm not old yet. But, <laughs> but you do feel that that's, that's a possibility. And I have seen too many old people who are bitter with the years, angry with, the, with their youth, angry with all the bad things that have happened. It doesn't have to be that way. You can become a bigger person than all the stuff that comes against you. So fight the good fight of faith. Stay in the realm of faith and you'll find yourself cruising into a beautiful eternity that Jesus has prepared for you. So here's another point that we need to understand. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. You may think that you're fighting humans, that you're, you're up against circumstances, you're up against other people. But Paul says, listen, it's not flesh and blood you're fighting. You're fighting, your struggle is with the rulers, authorities against evil spirits. And they've got schemes. There are schemes and strategies that the devil has. One of the common ones is that a marriage gets funky. Okay, the marriage gets, the guy just comes home, it's horror stories, whether it's him or her, and they're both yelling, screaming, and he's just starting to feel lonely, isolated. There's a pretty girl at work. He feels justified, starts rationalizing. Yeah, I, I deserve a better life than what I'm getting at home. And so he justifies it, thinks that it wouldn't be bad. I need a warm body, goes down that route. And then it says like, th this is, you know, he's hoping for pleasure. And the pleasure is very short lived, but the disgust and torment is, is, is greater on the other side. And then he's condemned and feels guilty because he's meant to be a Christian. And then he gets discouraged and disappointed in himself. And if he doesn't fix it up, he seeks solace in some kind of substance or else now the door's been opened, it's far easier to go back through it. So it goes through the same sorry cycle again. Eventually that life starts to move towards destruction. And that is the intent of the devil's schemes, to destroy you. And don't think that it can't happen because I've seen it happen with these schemes of the enemy. And so he is saying, Paul is saying, when you are feeling these schemes of the enemy coming against you, and you might be going through a rough time in your marriage, you might be going through a rough time in your business or with your finances, stand. Don't start following a pathway that leads you towards destruction. Fight the fight of faith and say, I'm gonna fight against these things that are trying to take my life out. I gotta stand up on the inside and develop the muscles of, of willpower against these things. But listen to me, your willpower on its own is not enough to come against the force of someone who's stronger than you. And believe me, the devil is smarter and stronger than any human on earth. We need a savior, somebody who's smarter and stronger than the devil. And that's Jesus Christ. That's why he came to undo the works of the devil. And so you and I taking the armor of God, it says that you may be able. Our ability to succeed in the warfare is that we are clothed with an armour that is from Christ. And every piece of that armour, you might basically say, is Jesus. The faith of Christ is in our lives. The mind of Christ is on our heart. The righteousness of Jesus is over our heart. The gospel of Jesus is on our feet. The truth, which is Jesus Himself, is around. When you are in Christ, you're gonna find yourself walking fully clothed with armor that defends you against every attack of the enemy. So let me uh, just take you, take you straight to these, well, some of the trials that you'll find, the storms of life, there's the trial of faith, which we've talked about. There's the dealings of God. 
You said, God, use me. What were you thinking? So he wants to use you, but that person that he wants to do the thing with is not the person that said, use me. So between here and there, he's got to actually, he's got to actually change you and transform you. And, and so, so now he's, he's got to go to work on you and get you to be that person. So he's going he's gonna to start molding you. And, and Jeremiah takes us down to the potter's house where God is making a pot, somebody who can carry the wine of heaven. But to, but to get to make that pot, you got to go round and round on the wheel. you got to have his hand come all the way down on the inside and squeeze and thin you out and get you tall. And then you got to go and, and be put in the kiln in a really hot place. And it's in the furnace of affliction that he chooses you, the Bible says. So, so you're going to find yourself in all these areas being transformed to become the person who can fulfill the vision that he gave you once you said, I'm surrendering. I want you to control my life, not me. When you do that, you get a vision of your future and a vision of who you are, are gonna be. But, but then there's persecution. That's another one of the trials. I'm only gonna give you these five. Uh, and this is number four. Blessed are those who are persecuted. People will, will criticise you just for being a believer, but it won't always come out like, oh, because you're a Christian, I'm, I'm gonna, it's like it'll be personal be nothing to do with you following Jesus, it'll be some other part of your life. And it feels like it's an attack on you. It's a personal thing. And that can be, that can be very disheartening. <coughs> that can hurt a lot. And I love being Mortine, amen. And that's, that's what we're called to do, to actually be an influence that neutralizes. Never underestimate, the power of the human will. Your will must be engaged for the power of God to work with you. Okay, so understand this. When it says resist the devil, that means with your will, you are giving no consent to the enemy. If you give assent to the enemy to, and consent to come into your world by opening up a door, you will be inviting spiritual power into your life that can enslave you. But when you say no, even though it might be a little faint, it might, be, it might seem like it's a very weak no, but that's all God needs. In my mind, that's faith. That is your standing in faith saying no. I don't want to. I'm feeling like I'm going to, but I'm just gonna hold my ground. I'm gonna resist this feeling. I'm gonna resist this temptation. I'm gonna resist this itch to gossip and to pull down and to backbite. And I'm gonna resist this temptation to start being negative and cynical. I want to, it would be so delicious just to start saying terribly negative things to another person, but, but I'm just not going. I would love to listen to that, watch that, see this, do that, but I'm resisting. I'm gonna stand. I don't feel like it's a very strong stand, but that's all God needs. As soon as you make that choice, 
And that choice might be to just stay in the house of God. There's always the temptation to pull people out of the house of God. I've been a pastor for 50 years and, and I've, I've been in a ton of churches. And sometimes I've been in a church and I've seen this wonderful, wonderful person, maybe a new Christian or somebody who's been there for a few years and I go back there a few years later and I'm looking for him. I said, what? I said, the pastor, what happened? He said, oh, you know, just got into a, a mess and walked and haven't seen him since. And, 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 and that, that's not an uncommon situation. And I'm speaking to you tonight to say, stand. Stand in the house of God. There are times when, you know, like I go to church more than any of you. And, uh, and, and when people say to me, I'm, I'm leaving the church. I'm, I'm tempted to say, can I come to, you know, it's like, it'd be so much easier. It'd be so much easier. I mean, like, but then who wants easy? You're never going to grow with easy. Living a painless life is not living at all. And, and the pursuit of, of victory and joy is only going to come because you have something to get the victory over, to actually overcome. And so when you make that decision, I'm going to live for Christ. I'm going to resist the things that are trying to drag me away into all the other areas that are not Christ. But I'm going to make a stand. And having done all, when there's nothing else for me to do, I'm just going to stand. And there's plenty of times in my life where I have prayed and believed God and seen, seen things go haywire, go crazy. And my prayers haven't been answered. And the temptation is to say, well, I'm going to back off this whole prayer and faith thing. It, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work occasionally. But I found if you hang in there, it really does work after a while. It might just take a little longer than you wanted it to. Faith and patience inherit promises, the Bible says. And just because it doesn't happen in my agenda, on my clock, on my calendar, doesn't mean it isn't going to work. And so when, you're, when your faith is under that kind of pressure, don't back off. Stay standing and you're going to find that the power of the Holy Spirit will come and strengthen you and energize you so that when you come into church every week, you lift your hands, you're like getting a gas fill up. You're getting the high octane fuel that will re-strengthen your faith for the journey that you've got ahead. Jesus is on your side. He is never going to let you have a trial that's designed to destroy you. No trial, no temptation. No test you ever face has got the intention behind it. I'm going to destroy them. God is never going to send you a trial or allow a trial in your life that is meant to destroy. It's only meant to help you succeed. Every trial you face is meant to strengthen you, to transform you so that you become the best version of you that God can think of. And once we've been born again, we're on this automatic journey of transformation to become all that God wants us to be. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We hope you are inspired with this message. For more information about our church and our program, please visit c3thebookit.com.